At North Point Community Church, we are passionate about helping our community move toward a life fully devoted to Jesus. And we hope this message helps you do that. Thank you for tuning in. Crazy Talk is the name of the series, the sermon series that that we're in right now that comes from Jesus' most famous message, the Sermon on the Mount, what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We've called it Crazy Talk because so many things that Jesus says are are just absolutely crazy. It's like you go, what? What? Right? If you've been around, you remember that. Um, Crazy Talk. Um, as I've studied through, the, through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I have become more and more convinced that the thesis statement of the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew 5, verse 20, a, a passage that we looked at a few weeks ago, where Jesus says, watch out, be careful, look out, unless your righteousness is better than that of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Because That concept is what gets fleshed out through the rest of Matthew 5, and what we look at today is an extension of that. Jesus says, Jesus says, look, here's here's what it is. Your righteousness has got to be better than that of the Pharisees. It's not just on the outside. It needs to happen on the inside. If you're mad enough to want to hurt somebody, don't give yourself credit because you just call them names. Jesus says, um, even if you're sure you're in the right Go and settle a case before it gets to court with your adversary. Make, take care of that. Jesus says, if you're fantasizing about somebody sexually that you're not married to, don't pat yourself on the back just because you didn't sleep with them. Jesus says, don't think that swearing on a stack of Bibles gives your word credibility if all the rest of the time what you say you don't live up to and doesn't matter. Jesus says... If you exact retribution for every wrong that's committed against you, because you can, if you're nice to people who are nice to you, don't think that you're super religious and that you're, that you're all that good. Even sinners do that. Jesus says it's your heart that matters. It's your heart that creates that righteousness that's better than that of the Pharisees. Your righteousness has to be more than just about what's going on on the outside. It's got to be coming from what's inside. And it's as, as, as you move into chapter 6, which is where we are today, if you want to take your Bibles out, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. If you want to open up the app, the, the notes that are there, we're going to spend our time on four verses today. In our minds, in our American minds, we go from chapter 5 in Matthew to chapter 6, and we think, oh, new thought, turn the page, new idea. And I want to say to you today, that's not the case. What Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4, is an extension of everything that's happened before, where Jesus has said, your righteousness has got to be better than that of the religious leaders, of the people who do stuff for show. Listen to what he says. Watch out. Take heed. Be careful. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Jesus has just said, again, your righteousness has got to be from the end, from what's in your heart, not just a shares. That phrase, to be admired by others, that comes from a Greek word that is uh, theaomai. Uh, it's the word that we get theater from. It has this idea that you put a mask on, that you, do, uh, that you perform on stage and people stand and applaud. Jesus said, don't let your good works be the kind of thing that people stand and watch and say, oh, good job, good job, you're so great. 
Don't do that. It'll take you down the wrong path. It's like Jesus says, look, this is serious. Don't do stuff for show. Um, I, I learned to water ski when I was 11 or 12 years old, and I love to water ski. My body doesn't love when I water ski so much anymore. Um, but last weekend, we were, we were at the cottage over the 4th, and I, I was out driving the boat for some cousins, of a niece and a nephew, to, to, uh, to do some skiing. And um, they had a great time. One of my cousins, um, who's about, I don't know, 22 or something like that, said, I don't want to ski. I never got up before. Uh, And I said, look, if I ski, will you ski? And I think she looked at me and thought, you're really old. Um, (laughs) She was right. And she said, yeah, if you ski, I'll ski. I said, okay. So I jumped in the water. Um, I typically ski on one ski, slalom ski, but um, I can't get up. I'm too old and fat now, so I can't do that, right? But the reason why I really jumped in the water to ski was because one of my nephews, who's young and very successful, uh, and, I, and I haven't spent a lot of time with, uh, I wanted to impress him. I wanted him to think, that old guy can still ski. So he's driving the boat, I get up on two skis, and I go to drop a ski so I can ski on one, but I did it outside of the wake because I was really gonna show off and, um, and it created this spectacular fall that created bruises and a lot of pain in my body. Um, don't do things to impress other people, right? It, it never ends well. It doesn't accomplish what you want. I still love to ski, but it's a lot better when I'm just skiing for me, when I can say, that's enough, my body's done, you know, we're there. Um, When others see our good works, uh, it's our assumption that they'll think better of us, right? But my my nephew that I was trying to impress, I think he just thought I was foolish, right? He didn't think better of me. Um, When we do things for the wrong reasons, it doesn't raise people's estimation of us. It It only makes them think they're showing off. What's the danger in trying to impress others? It's that, it's that we'll only do good, we'll only do good works when people are there to notice, when we have that audience. We don't often do good because we love good. We do good because we love looking good. There's a big difference there. Jesus says, watch out, beware, take heed. He says, don't do religious stuff to show off. Don't go build a house for Habitat for Humanity just because you know the press is going to be there. Don't go serve a meal to the homeless just so you can post it on your social media account. Don't do a pro bono legal case just so that you can use it in your firm's publicity. Don't support a child from Compassion International just so you can take their picture, put it on your desk, and have everybody in your office think that you're a great person for supporting this poor child in a third world country. Jesus fleshes it out, this concept. Don't don't do the show. Don't be the play actor. Don't play for the applause. He says in verse two, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and, and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward that they'll ever get. Have you, have you ever had a conversation with someone and they say, eh, I don't wanna go to church. Church is full of... Hypocrites, right? And, and what do you say about that? Yeah, you're right. 
Because we're all hypocrites, right? We can't live at the standard of our belief. We mess up, we sin, we, we never make it. But hypocrisy, the, the, the use of hypocrisy is not that we, that we don't live up to the standard when, when the word hypocrisy is used in scripture. What it really means, what, it, what, what the Greek word means is that we say one thing and we do another or that we have a standard for other people that we don't live to ourselves. It's like, we talk good, but we don't live it out. It's not that we believe and just mess up. It's that we talk and we create the standard for others. That's, that's the hypocrisy that Jesus is talking, talking about. He says, don't do as the hypocrites do. They make this big show of giving their offering. It talks about blowing trumpets. There's lots of stuff that we don't know about that. Um, uh, some believe that the container that, the, that in the first century at the temple that, that people put their gifts into was shaped like a trumpet so people couldn't put their hands in it. People would come and they would blow the trumpet. They would make the, the jar, the container, make noise as they gave their gifts. And that was about other, others said that uh, other scholars have said that the Pharisees actually had people that walked in front of them and said, hey, watch this as they gave their gifts. Basically, Jesus says, don't toot your, horn, your own horn about giving your offering. If you do, you've received all the reward that you're gonna get. Jesus says, don't play a part so that people stand and applaud when you give your offering. God spoke through the prophet Isaiah 800 years before Jesus and said, these people say that they're mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. Jesus said, they're doing one thing on the outside, but it's not consistent with what's in their heart. Don't miss this. God cares about who you really are, not who people think you are. He cares about what's going on inside you. Jesus says, don't be like an actor clamoring for applause. Don't be a hypocrite when your heart's someplace else. Instead, verse three, when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. How, how can your left hand not know what your right hand's doing? That doesn't make any sense, right? Because your hand doesn't have a brain. They, they can't do that. Jesus is using hyperbole to say, when you give, don't make a big deal about it. Don't draw attention to yourself. Jesus, uh, you know, there, there are some people that have read this, and over the years I've met some people like this that said, you know what, because of this passage of scripture, I'm only going to give to the church anonymously. I'm never going to write a check because they would know what I gave. I'm, I'm never gonna do electronic gift because they would know what I gave. I'm only gonna give cash. I'm gonna put it in an envelope without any markings and, and slide it into the offering plate, slide it into the container, and no one will ever know. That's not what, the, what Jesus is talking about here. It's not this sense of secrecy and, uh, and anonymity that no one ever knows what you give. Um, it doesn't mean that. Um, we know that because... In other places in scripture, it talks about Jesus noticing what people gave, right? And if you go to uh, Luke chapter 21, um, it says this, Jesus, while Jesus was in the temple, he watched rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Jesus is watching it happen. 
Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this widow has given more than all of the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, has given everything that she has. Jesus knew the difference of the amount between the rich people who were given and the widow. So did everyone else who was around there. They recognized what people were giving. That, that, that passage, that, that um, event is not by itself. If you go to Acts chapter four, there's this guy named Barnabas and he sells a piece of property and he gives it to the leaders of the church to help meet the needs of people uh, who, who don't have as, as much financially. And it's recorded in scripture by name. And the church celebrated that. It was a big deal that he gave this gift. Everybody knew that he gave this gift. That was a good thing. We know, we know it because it, it impacted what happens in Acts chapter five. You turn the page into Acts chapter five and there's this married couple named Ananias and Sapphira. And they see that Barnabas gets lots of high fives, lots of kudos for selling this, this piece of property. And they say, we're gonna do that too. So they sell a piece of property and they sell it for a certain amount, but they say, but they give to the church only this much amount, but they say that's what they sold it for so that they could keep the extra. Peter calls each of them independently on it, and they have heart attacks and die immediately because of lying to the Holy Spirit. I, I tell you those stories to just say this. Understand that, that we in American culture have this, have this, um, uh, this idea that no one should ever know what we give, and that's not consistent with what's taught in the New Testament. It's, we don't need to draw attention to it. We don't need to pat ourselves on the back but it's a good thing. I, can I just talk to you as, as a pastor for a second and say, oftentimes we know that something is going on in somebody's life, either good or bad based on their giving. Because all of a sudden when somebody has been given really consistently and it stops or it lessens, there's a reason for that. It may be that they lost their job. It may be that they're going through a health crisis. It may be that they've just gotten mad at God for some reason. And it may be that somebody at church said something and made them mad and, they, and so they're just not given as much. All of those issues are spiritual issues that need to be addressed, right? On the flip side of that, if somebody has just been given a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there, never any consistently and consistency, and all of a sudden they begin to give at a different level, a lot more generously, a lot more consistently, there's something going on in their life, right? Maybe they got a new job. Maybe, maybe God has blessed them financially in a way that they've never experienced before. Maybe they have taken seriously their discipleship and, and a commitment to honor God. Maybe, just maybe, they've understood in a fresh way the goodness of God, and it's impacted the way that they give. As, as leaders, we need to know about that because we need to celebrate that and encourage that and, and cheer God on for what he's doing in that. How, how's that happen at North Point? I have an administrative assistant who lives in Atlanta, um, and every Monday... Uh, she, she goes through the giving and, she's, and she'll send me a note that says, hey, this is different. Something's going on with this person, good or bad or whatever, or this may be different, that kind of thing. Understand that that's not a bad thing. 
That's because we care about what's going on in your life spiritually. Can I say out of 40 years of pastoral experience, the people who are the most concerned about people who know what they give are people who don't give very much or give very inconsistently. People who are generous say, ah, yeah, don't make a big deal of it. But God has been so good to me. Yeah, we give faithfully. We do it all the time, right? Um, God's good in that. Um, the, uh, we need, uh, uh, a Canadian pastor said this. I, lo- I love this quote. A- his name is A.B. Simpson. Simpson. He said, we're to show when we're tempted to hide and, when we're, and we're to hide when we're tempted to show. We need to do the right thing in our giving, in our good works, but we need to do it for the right reason. Ananias and Sapphira did it for the wrong reason because Jesus cares about our heart. Let me, give you, let me give you three takeaways, I think, from these four verses that are, that are things that you can really kind of put into practice and, and wrestle with, chew on uh, this week. The first is this. Giving and doing good is an expectation for anybody who's serious about following Jesus. Jesus said, when you give, don't act like the religious leaders, the Pharisees who toot their own. When you do good works, don't do it for the applause of men. It's an expectation that anybody who is serious about following Jesus would be doing those things. Anybody who's serious about the right kind of relationship with God. Um, How's that get fleshed out? What's that look like practically? I would encourage you to give to God first before anything else. Before you write your mortgage check, before you pay your utilities, before you buy groceries, give to God first. That's a concept that I've preached about before called first fruits, that you give first to God and everything else falls into place and that God blesses that in an incredible way. Um, in the Old Testament, there was, a, there was a giving standard of the tithe, 10%, that, that the Jews just automatically gave 10% to God. They did it on a consistent, regular basis all the time. And every second or third year, they gave another tithe on top of that. So they were given double and triple tithes over over a course of of several years. We don't live under the law, okay? We don't live under the Old Testament law. So there's not this burden of the tithe that we have. But the flip side of that is we live under grace and we understand how much God loves us how much he's blessed us. And the question then is, how much should we give? Now, should it be a tithe? Should it be more? Should it be less? What, I'm, I'm not here to tell you that. I'm just saying that, that our giving is an expectation for anybody who's serious about following Jesus. I would encourage you to give to the church first, that that would be the way that you give your first fruits. That, that you not only give to the church, but that you give to the church. Why, why would I do that? I know it sounds really self-serving because that pays my salary, right? That uh, p- provides for the facility here. That's, that's not, I think, why we give to the church. We give to the church because the church cares about your spiritual health. It's this body of believers that encourage you to walk faithfully with Jesus It's this place that allows us to have an impact around the world. And so I would encourage you to give here first and then to give to needs above and beyond that that you become directly aware of. 
that you not just that you not give just to the church, but that you give to the church first, and then then that you give to to uh, help me needs. Here's a real practical tool that you can use to help be able to do that kind of second, secondary category of, of the needs that God might bring into your life. Every paycheck, every time that you get some money, take some of that, so, you know, $5, $10, $20, whatever it is, and put it in cash in an envelope that you just write on the, note, on the outside of the envelope, Samaritan Fund. Because remember, Jesus told that story about the Good Samaritan, this guy who encountered this guy who, got, who was beaten up and robbed, didn't have anything, and he took care of his needs out of his own cost. He intervened and did that. By, by doing that, every, every couple of weeks, you know, several times a month, whatever it is that you put, that you have that Samaritan fund, when there is someone in your life group that... that um, that has a need that, you know, that they're, they're, one of their tires is flat and they have to replace. Somebody has a medical need that you know, or whatever it is, that need that comes up, all of a sudden you've got a cash that might have $50 or $100 or several hundred dollars that you're able to say, you know what, God's blessed me and I've sacrificed in the past to prepare for this very moment so that I can help meet that need. Real, just a real practical tool there to be able to give to people in need. There's a, oftentimes there's a struggle for people for whether to give to the church, whether to, get, to control that directly, whether to give through other organizations. Understand this, um, it's good to give to other organizations. It's good to give to the, to the American Heart Association. It's good to give uh, to, to um, you know, who, the Red Cross, whoever it is. They care though about things that are temporary. And when we give to the kingdom, we care about things that are eternal, people's eternal destiny. It's a matter of perspective. Here's the second takeaway. Give and do good for the right reasons. Give and do good for the right reasons. Don't do good deeds for show to draw attention to yourself. Don't try and ski to impress your nephew, right? Do it for the right reasons. Give with the right motives. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Reluctantly or in response to pressure, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. Um, you know, whenever, it's, it's, it's funny, whenever a preacher preaches about money, um, the, the congregation usually has the expression on their face that you have right now, like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. This is, uh, just so you know, this is not uncomfortable for me at all because this is a step that we need to take individually. It's something that God calls us to. Please don't ever give because, uh, you know, we, we preach or teach about giving and you feel like, oh man, that's something I got to do. Oh, the expectation that if I come to church all the time, I need to be putting something in the offering. I need to do an electronic gift, whatever it is. Give because God has given to you. Because God has blessed you so abundantly. Give because for the last 180 years, there have been people who have given to this particular church that this place might be exist right now, that we can encourage each other. We could challenge each other to live faithfully to Jesus. There's this long line of people who have given. 
so that we could experience, so that we could be here today. Give so that that can go into the future until Jesus returns. Mostly give because God gave his son for you. He sacrificed everything. He gave of his riches so that we could experience hope and forgiveness and a changed life. We give financially because that's a way that we can give back to God. We give in our service because that's a way that we can give back to God. And we do that joyfully. Understand, understand that the motive of the giver is much more important than the amount of the gift. What's going on in your heart is so much more important than the number that's there or the number of bills. But the number that's there, the, the number of the bills, sometimes that reflects our heart as well. Here's the third takeaway. Uh, a reward is coming for those who give, for those who um, do good deeds. Jesus said, you know what? There's gonna be a reward. It's either gonna be here on earth with people clapping and drawing attention to you, or it's gonna come from God. Now, the reward that Jesus is talking about is not the reward of eternal life. It's not, a, this is not, we don't give so that we experience salvation. It's not that kind of reward, right? That's a free gift from God that is only because of Jesus. Because Jesus came to take our sin on himself. But Jesus does say, when you give, when you do good works, that there's gonna be a reward that happens either, either here on earth or in eternity. You get to determine the size and the timing of your reward. You know, I, it, it's, a, it's kind of a cool thing to have a building named after you, right? You, give a, you write the big check, you, you give the gift, and, and people stand and applaud. That's kind of cool, but it's temporary. And I think that the rewards that come from God in eternity will make that name on that building pathetically small. Um, you know, God, we want the reward from him, not at, the, at um, what happens right now. When we give secretly, we sacrifice the praise of others right now for the pleasure of God. When we give secretly, God is honored. We may not get the kudos right now, and that's great because God is gonna bless us um, in his way. I've got to believe that his rewards are far better than the temporary applause that we may get here on earth. The title I gave to this message a few weeks ago was, What's in it for me? If I give to the church, what's in it for me? If I help fix a neighbor's car, what's in it for me? If I give to help um, that family with that little girl who has all those medical needs, what's in it for me? If I support my compassion child and, um, and send extra for Christmas for their birthday, what's in it for me? Do we give so that we can get the applause of people who are around us? Or do we give so that the recipient feels obligated to give back to us later? Or do we give for a reward that will come in eternity that will be beyond anything that envision, a reward that comes from God? God sees, he knows, he rewards. So give and minister and serve with pure heart. I, I wanna close the message today with a, a short video from one of our elders, um, Carrie Bayshore, who's just talking about how Jesus has been working in his life. Take a look on screen. 
So I'm in my classroom at uh, at school. Um, Caleb's got band practice tonight, so I thought I got some time to kill. I don't really have any great Jesus moment or Damascus Road experience to share about what Jesus is doing in my life, but I, I've been noticing this summer that that Jesus wor is working in just just the little things behind the scenes. And we were at Caleb's special needs baseball game the other night in Duet. The game was just finishing and a man comes up behind and says, hey, Coach Bayshore. And I turn around and it was uh, a man by the name of Darren. We had just hired, got to chit chatting and, and he stopped me and said, Mr. Bayshore, I, I need to tell you something. And I said, what Darren? He said, well, when I was in junior high, you walked up to me in the cafeteria. I was eating all by myself at a table. You walked up to me and said, young man, I think you should be playing football. And um, so Darren said, so I went out for football and he said, that really changed the course of my life. And uh, Darren went on to say, you probably don't remember the conversation. And I said, no, I, I, I can't say that I did. But walking away from that and thinking about that, I went, oh my goodness, that was just such a small conversation. Um, something that, you know, I have hundreds of those conversations a day with kids just, um, and I started thinking about um, just our daily lives, how many interactions we have with people, both positive and negative. And you just never know where, where God's going to, uh, use that conversation or direct that conversation or have that conversation be impactful. And so this summer I started really uh, just thinking about God, working behind the scenes, taking what we think is uh, not important, uh, simple, and really making it into something beautiful. And so I, I'm gonna be more mindful of that. Uh, I'm gonna be quick to sow more seed. I, I Because I live on a little farm, I always planting gardening and, and I love I love to watch the seeds sprout especially early summer and uh, watch them grow into something beautiful and and I think we need to do that as Christians I need to is is go out throw seed you just don't know um, where it's gonna take where it's gonna um, not it, it isn't up to us it's God's work so I'm gonna be trusting him and I'm just gonna be out there throwing seed now I'm, uh, that kind of really got me fired up. So um, that's where Jesus is, is working in my life and uh, kind of waking me up. I want to have eyes and ears to see where, where he's working around. It may seem crazy to think that a conversation can change the trajectory of somebody's life. It may seem crazy to think that God could use an idea that you have to impact the world, hundreds of thousands of people and create water in other parts of the world. It may seem crazy that Jesus would say, your motive matters in your giving, in your service, more than whether or not people recognize it. That's, that's crazy talk, but crazy can change the world. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you, God, for the challenge that we have this morning to maybe think in a different way about the way that we give. God, especially to think about our motives for what we do. Father, deliver us from, from, um, from the clutches of Satan when he, when, he, when he whispers to us to do stuff for the applause of other people, to put on a show. Help us to hear your spirit instead.